Hello and welcome to the College Age Movement podcast. This week we have the incredible privilege of hearing from our student ministry pastor, Shane O'Brien, as he walks us through week three of a series entitled Core. Go ahead and listen in. It's kind of funny to watch the different personalities that people have, right? And, and all of us, like every single person in this room has a, has a different personality and we're a different, uh, different human. But I think there's these two words that I think uh, we use as definitions for ourselves very often, and we find ourselves in one side or the other, and that's an introvert and an extrovert, right? I mean, if I, if I say uh, you're introverted, uh, how many of you would say you're an introvert, like you're a total introvert in this room? Wow, not many of you. I am all alone, okay? <laughs> Actually, the real reality is that introverts won't raise their hands, so... Um, <laughs> How many of you are extroverts in here? Exactly. So like people, the, uh, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert. Now, Evan, Evan's a, like an extreme extrovert, okay? So he is, he's always around people. He likes hanging out with people. He likes talking with people. He is good at small talk. He is good at talking with people he's never met before. And I'm a forced extrovert. I'm actually an introvert, okay? But my job makes me an extrovert, all right? I, I gotta learn how to do this thing. I am really good, like I can just hermit myself in my house and be totally fine with that for the rest of my life. And, and I'm good at just like closing my door, getting work done, just trying to like focus in. I, I, I'm definitely more introverted, y'all. If you pay attention to me and, and you watch like in a, in a well, I'm mingling around the, the uh, atrium or if I'm mingling in front of college age or doing that, I like kind of just do this little like bounce, 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 disappear. Bounce, 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 disappear. <sighs> bounce, 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 disappear. Like, and I just kind of have to make my rounds because I'm just like, I am so bad at small talk, all right? I'm a master of the Irish goodbye. If you don't know what that is, what it, what it simply, it's because you've never noticed it. Or if you do know what it is, it's because you do it. And it's where you're in the middle of a party or you're talking with a bunch of people and then Where's Shane? He's gone. And it's like, yeah, all right? So like, I made myself known and then disappeared. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I'm definitely, uh, I find myself uh, as an introvert. And, but I, I think it's important to look at, I have to force myself into community. I really do, into some elements, because I, I really could just go, go on a hike by myself. I really could just go and, and do things and hang out at home or take a walk around the block or go for a bike ride. I can just go for a drive, and I'm perfectly content. The extroverts in my life hate riding in the truck with me because it's silent. I'm one of those quiet extra, like introverts. Like it's, I don't play the radio. I just... And it drives my friends bonkers, okay? Because I could go for a three-hour drive. I could drive from here to Missoula, silent, the whole time. And I don't, I, I just, I'm, I'm weird like that, okay? So I, I don't know. But I have to force myself to get out. I have to force myself to have conversation. I have to force myself. And this has been a long time of, of having uh, relationships with people. And I find that, um, the connection of friends that I end up having are mostly extroverts. Like, it is really good for me to actually hang out with extroverts because they're really good at getting me outside of my bubble, and they're really good at getting me to do things. I look at my, some of my closest friends, all extroverts, 
Every single one of them. There's a few of us introverts in there, but like we're all just hanging out like, and they're making me do things that are just weird and uncomfortable and meeting people. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm great with it. It's just not what I normally do. And we're gonna talk about, we've been talking, uh, started a series called Core. And today I wanna talk about something that I've had to work at, I've had to wrestle with, and honestly has, has been a testament in my life that it actually works because otherwise I'd be stale. And it's the fact that we grow better together. We grow better together. And that is a core value in Faith Chapel. That's a core value in college, college age. That's a core value in movement, in junior high and high school. This is, this is a value that we find extremely important. People grow better together. We in here will grow better as humans together. We're, we, we need people. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter four. It says this, and I, and I love, I absolutely love this passage, and I've wrestled with it for a long time. It says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun, something absolutely meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A lot of blankets. Um, and a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I, I think this is, this is an amazing passage and I, and I have wrestled with this, all right? I have wrestled with this passage a lot, but basically what I get out of this is people in my life are really important, People in life, period, are important, and we need people around us. Y'all, I'm a, I'm a single 30-year-old dude, all right? And, and at times, that could be really, really lonely. And I've wrestled with this passage because at the beginning, it's like a son. I don't have a son. Like, it's just me. I don't lay next to somebody and keep warm. It's my blankets. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. And so I struggled with it. Is that, does that mean because I'm single, like, I, it's just, life is meaningless and depressing? That's not what he's saying. And there's a passage in Genesis that got quoted to me all of the time when I was younger. And church people are mean to single people. I'm just saying, okay? Like, they're trying to set us up all the time. People on the staff are like, dude, did you see her? I'm like, dude, she's married. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Like any girl that walks that they don't know, they're like, oh, you, you should talk to them. I'm like, dude, shut up, all right? Like, but kind of, it, it's kind of like that. And, I, and I've struggled and wrestled with a lot of things. And one verse that was quoted to me all of the time was out of Genesis. And it says, for man is not supposed to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for people to be alone. And whatever version you read. And I'm like, thanks, that makes me feel great. You know? And as I started reading through the scriptures, as I started reading in Jesus' life, in Paul's life, and all of this stuff, they're not, God isn't sitting here going, if you're not married, you're screwed up. He's saying, you gotta find community, you gotta find friendships, you gotta find relationships that you can stick with. 
People that got your back. People that you're with. People that you're hanging with. It's not good for people to be a complete introvert and shutting themselves into their house, being completely alone, talking to no one. That's really bad. Because then it's meaningless. You're not living life for anything or anyone. It's so easy for me to just pour into work and pour into things and not pour into relationships and think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm fulfilling things, but I'm not. I have to pour into the relationships and the friendships around me and I need people in my life. It is on us to find the people around us and it is on us to make relationships and friendships that stick. Now, some people in here are married. Do not take that for granted. You got a partner that you can always be with and that always has your back and always has your side. And that's a beautiful thing. But in there, it does talk about a triple braided cord too. So find some friends as well. You gotta have some friends as well. You can't just do it. You can do it together, but it's great doing it in community. We grow better together. It's about a, a group of people. Jesus had a group of people, Right? He had 72 disciples that it was just kind of willy-nilly and talking and having conversation. Then he had 12 that were more close to him, right? His 12 disciples that he would talk with, he'd do community with. And then he had his three that were the closest to him. And I think he even had his one. Like Peter and him were close. He talked to Peter about everything. But Peter, James, and John, those were the three guys that he always talked with. Like those were, those were his guys that knew him the best. And I think Jesus was setting that up, showing that he needed community to get through the ministry that he was doing. I mean, people loved him and people hated him. He needed that community. He needed that, those people around him. Jesus found teammates to do the job that he needed. And he put together a team to do the ministry that God, that, to fulfill the calling that he had. Jesus put together a great team. We need to find the right teammates as well. Every single one of us in here has to find the right teammates. And I'm not, like, it can be a spouse, but it needs to be a spouse, and it needs to be friends, and it needs to be whatever. Like, we've got to find people in our lives that we can build a team with to help push us in our calling that God has for us, to push us in what God is asking us to do. No matter where we are in life, we need to find a team. A team works together. There's not one person that's, that's the, the best or the most, most viewed. Like We see that kind of that piece in sports right now. Like you look at in the NFL, the quarterback is the key. But if he didn't have his offensive line, he's dead. Or the refs. Um, but like he, he, if he didn't have any of those people around him, he, he's a goner. LeBron James could not play most teams, probably could play a couple of them, but not most teams by himself and win. He just couldn't. You need to have a team around you and you have to have a team approach. Every single one of us does. And we need to find people that are different from us, that have different views than us, that think a little bit different than us. We also need to have people that think similarly to us. We need to have people around us that are gonna push us to be better people. However, the Bible does start putting some parameters when we're looking for community. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20 says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall into pieces. 
And that's a message transition, translation, and I love how he put it, because the reality is, is our lives will fall apart if we hang out with fools. He's saying, you, you, gotta, you gotta hang out with the wise if you wanna become wise. If you wanna be a complete and utter fool, by all means, right? But then you might be the fool that nobody wants to hang out with because they're trying to hang out with wise people. See? See, we start seeing parameters. See, I, I was told when I was in high school and it stuck with me for a really long time, this quote, you become like the people you hang out with. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I watch high schoolers and junior hires and I'm like, dude, I can tell you where you're gonna mess up. I can tell you the struggles you're going to have. I can tell you where you're gonna hurt. I can tell you where the pains are gonna come because I see the friends that you're with. I can tell you how great you're gonna be able to stand. I can tell you how strong you're going to be because of the friends that you hang out with. And I think that's still, to this day, the people that we are, the future that we want. If we wanna be wise, we gotta surround ourselves with wise people. Are your friends pulling you closer to Christ or are they pulling you away from him? Are they, are they keeping you more centered? Are they pushing you and helping propel you forward? Or are they causing you to stumble? And this is a hard thing that every single one of us has to check. Well, I want to evangelize to this friend. Yeah, it, evangelism doesn't happen when you're drunk with them. It doesn't happen when you're doing the same doggone stupid things that they are doing. That's not evangelism. That's stupidity. Right? And we've got to look at ourselves and check ourselves. Now, yeah, we got to have friends that aren't believers and we've got to help people around. Of, of course. But your core, your group of people that you are close with, your three or whatever, that close-knit community have to be people that are pushing you more towards Jesus. That are pushing you more towards who God wants you to be. You can't live the right life with the wrong friends. What's the right life? What's the wrong life? I don't know, but I know the scripture helps us. And I know friends are, keep us together, keep us strong. When we find the right teammates, we can grow. We will grow if we, if we, if we find the right crew. If we find one, two, or three friends that are gonna push us. We grow better together. Yes, you can grow closer to uh, Jesus all by yourself. But you're gonna close, grow closer to Jesus better with people. Because God, no matter if you're an introvert, extrovert, no matter what you look like, think, how you smell, like whatever. Jesus made us for relationship. God created us for relationship. And he created us for community. And this is why community is so important. And this is how it makes it help, or helps us grow. First, community provides support. Community provides the support that we need. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together 
as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return draws near. Don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Continue to encourage one another. Motivate one another. Move each other forward. We've got to be able to look at each other and help support people. And we need the support. That's why community is important. Y'all, I, I am, so I had a coworker. This just feels good. When a coworker walks up to you and goes, man, you are one of the people that fluctuates in weight more than any human being I've ever seen. I'm like, I hate you, thanks. You know, I have a snacking problem and then I work out and then I have a snacking problem and I work out. Okay, like my weight goes up and down. And I, I, it is what it is, I don't care. But as I was thinking about it and thinking about through that stuff and thinking about working out and think about motivation, usually I stop working out when what happens? My partner quits or I stop being around people that are gonna push me to work out or a buddy gets hurt and can't work out anymore and then I'm like, well, I gotta support him. You know, that's what I do. But it, we all need support even in that. Like, that's something can be so simple. But for me, like, I need somebody pushing me to go and do it. I'm the worst at working out by myself because those Cheez-Its look way better in my kitchen. Like, that's just a reality that I think of. But I've needed support. I've needed support in so many different areas of life. Y'all, there's a, quite a few years ago when... I interviewed for the junior high position here at the church to be the junior high pastor. In fact, the senior pastor at the time, it wasn't Nate Petzl, but the senior pastor at the time told me, hey, I want you to have this position. I was like, sweet. So I went into the whole interview process and then I was sat down and told, yeah, jokes, you're not gonna get it. So on one moment, I was sitting there going, you're gonna be the next junior high pastor, go for the interview process just as a formality. Oh, you didn't get it. And it was somebody else that didn't want me in the position. And so I was sitting there and I was ticked off at the world, y'all. I was bitter, I became angry. I was like, you don't even understand. Like, like I know junior hires, I love junior hires, I wanna be with them. Like even, even the pastor said I should be with him. Why are you guys thinking any different? Like what is going on? To the point where I sat down in my supervisor's office and they, we were having a conversation and I looked at her and I said, you know what? You need to prove it to me that you actually want me here because it sure doesn't feel like it. And she told me later on, about a year later, she's like, yeah, I almost fired you that day. And I went, you would have proved me right at that time. I'd have been even more angry. It was like everything that I could do to not be mad and not leave this church and not leave staff and not leave the positions that I was in. Like everything inside of me, I felt betrayed. I felt hurt. I felt backstabbed. I felt everything inside of me just crumbled inside. But I had friends around me that supported me and family that encouraged me along the way. In fact, the senior pastor at the time, Stan came up to me and he goes, puts his arm around me and says, you better not quit. Don't you quit on us. Please don't quit. 
I don't know what happened, but please don't quit. Because it wasn't his call at the time. He was just letting the, the, the other supervisors make the call. And so I was feeling that support and, and we need that community. But man, I needed those core friends around me. Otherwise, I would have gone off the deep end. I was ready to turn to alcohol. I started to try to take some of the pain away. I was going uh, to relapse when it came to pornography. I was willing to throw it all out the door. I had a job lined up at a bank. I had the job. Like I had everything lined up and I was like, I'm out. Jesus, you can use me somewhere else. And it was a community of people that came and kicked me in the rear end and then supported me and encouraged me through the process that kept me through it. Community gives us support, the support that we need. And the second thing is the community keeps us sharp. When we start to dull out, community starts to sharpen us. I always carry a, a knife with me. I always have one. A little pocket knife. You never know what you need it for, okay? There's always reasons. I used it today like 20 times. Like there, and it's good at accidentally cutting myself too because I did that on my thumb on accident. But what ends up dulling a knife when you use it, right? You use it on cardboard, it's gonna dull the knife. You start using it to cut certain things, trying to get through things. You, you, you cut rope, you cut anything, it's gonna start to dull a knife. What do you need in order to sharpen it, to make it sharp again? sharpener, right? You need steel. You need iron. You need something to, to, write, to, to rub this knife on. You need something that you can sharpen these knives with. Because otherwise, it starts to become useless and tossed to the side, right? I can't tell you how many dull knives I have in my desk. They're just dull. They don't work anymore. I didn't sharpen them. I don't use them anymore. That can be the same with us. We become dull with the world that we live in. The more we work, the harder we go, the duller we're gonna become if we don't have community and people to sharpen us. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so, one, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need friends and people to sharpen us. And it's not about having accountability. It's not about having that, because accountability is great, but accountability is only as good as, as how honest you are with that person. Because if you're not honest with an accountability partner, how good is it? None whatsoever. It's no good at all. You need friends that know you know when you're lying, right? Know when you're full of crap and they need to call you out. I got friends around me that, that know me uh, and see through the pastor face, you know, that, oh yeah, yeah you just got to put it on and hoo-hoo, because pastors can't have a bad day. Yeah, we can, and I admit it. We need, we need people that are gonna see right through us when we're hurting and people that we can sit down and go, you know what, today sucked and this is why. So that they can start to sharpen our edges so they can help make us stronger. We need community so that we can sharpen one another. 
And the third reason is community gives us strength. It just does. It makes us stronger people. It makes us weather the times. It helps us get through it. Ecclesiastes 4.12, going back to it, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. You are going to need friends to give you the strength to get over some temptation, to help you with an addiction. We're gonna need friends that are able to push us, to, to hit us. And man, I, I was talking about, so I'm in a financial peace class, okay, that I, I just started taking. I haven't taken a class here at the church in like five years, all right? Because they always happen on like Wednesday nights and I'm in ministry or Sunday mornings and I'm doing ministry stuff. And I'm always kind of like busy working. And so I started taking this class called Financial Peace. And in this class, they said, give your budget, give your money, let somebody look at it who is not afraid to hurt your feelings because they're gonna make you stronger because of it. And they're gonna give you a stronger budget. Y'all, we need friends that are gonna hurt our feelings. And we can't be mad at them when they call us out and it hurts our feelings. Even though we probably still will get mad at them and then we'll get over it because we'll think about it later. But those kind of people around us in our lives give us strength. They're also going to be the ones that have our backs and fight for us and stand up to other people for us. Man, that's the one thing that I have loved working with Evan this season. Because we've been able to, okay, Evan and I are kind of passionate about things. We can get loud about the things that we're passionate about. We're kind of hard-headed and a little bit stubborn sometimes. And the coolest thing is it's a lot of the same things. And we can stand next to each other and be able to stand, like, y'all, he is really good at wording certain things that I'm just not good at. He can sit in a meeting and say things that I'm like, ditto, you go get him, right? And and it's all the things that I'm thinking, but he's doing it. And it's like, oh, that's that's bringing strength to me. And I know that I, I bring strength to him. Like we've had this conversations where it's like, dude, I love doing ministry with you. Thank you for having my back. Thanks for stepping, like we can, we can do this stronger together than if we were working opposites and opposed to each other and even competing with one another. Y'all, friends have each other's backs and they're gonna, you're gonna be able to be stronger because of it. So find the right people. Find the right teammates. Because with others, I'm strong, but alone, I'm shaky. When we're alone, we are gonna be shaky and we are going to fall but with people, we are stronger. And we can make it through the storms, we can make it through the battles, we can make it through the fights because we've got somebody. As I conclude, I wanna read a quote from Dr. Henry Cloud. This guy's brilliant. He talks a lot about relationships. He says, if you are lost, you can connect with your buddy and find your way. If the enemy is about to get you, and you're surrounded with no way out, you can call for reinforcements and your buddy will take the enemy out. If you can't find your buddy, you're in some deep stuff. You might not make it out at all. Everything ultimately hinges on each other. Find your buddy. 
Every one of us needs a buddy. Everybody, every one of us needs a friend, needs a group of people, true friends that are gonna say things that hurt our feelings, that might make us uncomfortable, but ultimately have our backs, make us stronger. We can talk to, we can get messy with, we can get vulnerable with. Who's your buddy? I hope this is a group of people and a community of people that you can find a buddy or find a few buddies. Find your community. You don't have one, get in a small group. Try to find your buddy. That doesn't work, join a class. Try to find your buddy. That doesn't work, just start yelling, hey, I need a buddy. Anybody? That doesn't usually work, I've tried. Find a buddy, because we all need them. Because we grow better together. Would you pray with me? Well, Jesus, thank you so very much that you have made us relation, relational people, that you want to have relationship with us. But God, would you, for each and every person in here, no matter where they're at in life, would you provide them a buddy or a group of buddies that they can sit with, that they can talk with, that they can hammer things out with, that can call them out on their garbage, that they can enjoy life with, have fun with, and laugh with? Because Jesus, we need community. Jesus, would you provide people in our lives that can support us when we're down and struggling, that can make us stronger men and women for you, and that can sharpen us, that can push us more closer to who you are, Jesus. Lord, help us to have the mindset of we grow better together. We need you, Jesus, and we love you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the College Age Movement podcast and listening in on week three of our series, Core. If you're in Billings, we would absolutely love to see you here on Tuesday nights. We meet at 7 p.m. at Faith Chapel, and it's a great place to find family, to find community, and to continue to pursue Jesus together. If you're not in Billings, just know the podcast will keep on going. We'll continue to post every single week, and we hope that it brings life to you. We hope that you learn, and we hope that you're fulfilled through it. We love you all. Have an absolutely incredible week.